Phantomaniacs, welcome to the 200th episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I'm your host, Dave, and I went back and forth a lot on whether I was going to do an intro and an outro for this episode, or if I was just going to go straight into the live show, uh, which was recorded at the In-Town Coffee House and features special guests and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, I obviously opted to do an intro because I felt like there were some things that I had to talk about before we get into this episode. Uh, it's, it's been 200 episodes now. It's been five years. The very first episode of the Needless Things podcast was posted on January 1st of 2013. And it was me and Bo Brown talking about the 2012 Masters of the Universe Classics toy line and the 30th anniversary of Masters of the Universe. And it's, it, it was posted originally on the Internet Archive because I didn't know what I was doing. And I mentioned this because I posted it earlier this week, a sort of special edition of that first episode. I, I added an intro and an outro and... It's now part of the library on Podbean, the official hosting service. So it'll show up on iTunes and all that other good stuff. So now people that maybe couldn't listen to the first episode before, now you can. Uh, and also, it was pointed out to me by Matt B. Davis of the ATL Podcast, uh, who had me on his show. Well, I, we did the interview back in October. I have no idea when it's going to post, but... Uh, he pointed out that if you go to iTunes, which I don't, there were only like 10 episodes available or something like that. So thanks to him, I changed a setting somewhere that I don't even remember what it was or how I did it. But now all of the episodes show up when you go to iTunes. I, I don't know how any of that works. I do not use Apple products and it's not, uh, it's just because they seem confusing to me. Uh, cause I'm, I've been a PC guy for, 30 years now or however long it's been since my dad brought home our very first not tandy uh i don't i don't remember what it was but i i would sit and play king's quest uh and then the hitchhiker's guide text game and that kind of thing so it's it's been pc for me always and and maybe someday i will relent and try an apple product uh, but it would probably require me getting some kind of massive cash bonus or winning the lottery or something because I am aware of how expensive their products are. And, I'm, you know, PC does me all right. Does me all right. Uh, so this is the 200th episode of the Needless Things podcast, and I, I've got to run down some thank yous. Normally this is done in an outro or after the show is over. But I want everybody to hear it. I want it right here at the beginning before we get into the show proper. Uh, I have to thank the ESO Network and uh, Mike Faber for uh, not giving me my start in podcasting because that honor actually goes to Mr. Noel Wood of MC4TR and uh, now Dork Droppings for a WrestleMania episode we did. 
I guess seven years ago at this point. But, uh, the ESO network is really where I, I hit the ground running with, uh, a great episode over there talking about Doctor Who. And then, of course, being part of Earth Station Who for over a hundred episodes or right around a hundred episodes. And I, I love those guys and they opened a lot of doors for me or, or I guess turned a lot of doorknobs and then I kicked the doors open. I, I like to think, but, they're they're great. They're wonderful, and and they're giving and helpful, and they're great guys. Uh, I want to thank every guest that has ever come on the Needless Things podcast. Uh, everybody that that has actually replied to an email, and then on top of that, has actually coordinated a time to come on the show and talk. Because you guys don't even understand how rare that is. I I was actually talking to somebody the other day. They asked me, you know, how do you make contact with people. And it's basically like running and jumping. You know those scenes uh, in, in action movies where the guy is like running towards the edge of the building to jump across to the other building? And uh, it's that always, except most of the time nobody reaches out to grab my hands. And I just like not only fall but like smack into the side of the other building and slowly slide down it like a cartoon character. Uh, so I, I would guess... One out of every, oh man, I just throw a number out. One out of every 25 people that I try to contact to come on the show even respond. And out of those that respond, one out of every five actually come on the show. Something like that. I'm just throwing those numbers out there. I'm pulling them out of my ass, not too far off. I don't think I'm exaggerating by much. So, to everyone that has ever been on the show, whether you're a commentator or a guest or an interviewee or just dropping by to plug something, thank you for coming on the show, for talking, for having fun on the Needless Things podcast. Uh, I've got to thank the Needless Things are regulars, and that includes Ryan and Jay and our buddy Josh from the Oncoming Storm and Arian and Sean and uh, just so many people, Big Jason, Mike Gordon, uh, obviously, <laughs> Ryan Cadaver and the Casket Creatures, who, who have been on tons of times at this point. Uh, so many people that I consider regular parts of the show. Uh, Beth, who I need to get on sooner than later. Our buddy Christy Petrillo from Figures Toy Company, uh, who will be back on very soon for a WrestleMania show, I believe. Uh, just so many people that have been a regular part of the show that take time out of their busy schedules to come on and talk to me and talk to you guys and have fun and do dorkery. Uh, thanks. To, sorry, this one may not be popular, but thanks to Amazon for having an affiliate program that helps pay for the show. Uh, thanks to the Patreon supporters, those of you who actually signed up when I was doing the Patreon thing and uh, directly helped the show out. Uh, Mike Gordon, again, he gets a double mention because, you know, one, well, triple mention really, because he's part of the ESO network. He is definitely one of the needless things irregulars. And a specific thank you for being a sounding board of rationality, because very often when I have some kind of response one way or another to a thing, uh, I can talk to Mike Gordon and, you know, he's not necessarily going to change my mind, but he will maybe give me a different point of view that I can understand. I appreciate that. Uh, the commentary team, Arian, Ryan, and Sean. And, of course, the amazing Battle Cougar and Monica Moniker. 
uh, for for sitting in the times that they have and having fun and being a part of things as opposed to just uh, maybe sitting off to the side and giving a stink face as as might happen in other circumstances. Uh, BelligerentMonkey.com. Go visit BelligerentMonkey.com. Our head of research, Schweck, uh, gets a special mention because he is the guy that comes on this show and has all of the information. When we do a Toy Fair uh, episode, when we do a, a Comics on TV episode, when we do any kind of comics episode, this guy is an encyclopedia of knowledge. And, you know, me, I can ramble on and talk about anything, but Schweck has the facts uh, and he can give us points of reference and kind of frame everything in a well this is who this character is like he's he gives us a cohesiveness that we would otherwise not have for the episodes that he's on um and let's see there's so many other people uh again noel for for putting me on my very first podcast uh rebecca for being a production manager for so many things that i do and i'm sure they're important people that I'm leaving out, and I'm sorry. And I always hate it when people give speeches like this one and say, "I know I'm leaving people out," because I in in I have always thought, "Well, damn motherfucker, f- f- remember them." But now I'm in a position where I'm like, "Shit, I, I know there are important people who have contributed," uh, like Dana Swanson, who I have remembered to thank every other time. Uh, who has been an incredible partner in writing and performing and uh, a mentor beyond that. Uh, and, and finally, I have to thank, of course, my wife and son who are w- without them. I wouldn't have the gumption to do any of this. Uh, my wife is the one who originally sent me over to Bobby Nash, who was sitting with the ESO network, who connected me with all of this. She has encouraged me every step of the way uh this is not this is not some bs this is 100 percent fact uh she has supported this she has done everything that she possibly can to help me to make contacts to tell me hey no go go take care of the episode it's fine we'll hang out when you're done uh that kind of thing Uh, i i have never had such incredible support in my life uh as what i get she i don't deserve her and she doesn't deserve me if you get what i'm saying uh and my son who has been a inspiration since the second he was born uh i want to do these things so that he knows his dad was something more than a guy who sat at a desk. Uh, I want him to know he can do anything that he wants to do as long as he works hard. Uh, it's part of the reason why I work so hard at, at all of the things that I do. So, yeah, there you go. That's a bunch of thank yous. And now, real quick, because this this has turned into a long intro, which I didn't expect. I didn't know if I even had enough that would be appropriate for a 200th episode intro. Uh, real quick, I'm going to run down... I made a list of some of my favorite episodes uh, right here, and I'm just going to throw them out to you, and then we're going to go straight into the show. 
and it's a bunch of favorite episodes, but whatever. Uh, episode 17 with Adam Warrock. Episode 59, which was where we talked about pop culture and how different it was in the 80s and how we kind of worshipped those celebrities like gods. Uh, the hard ticket to Hawaii, needless commentary that I couldn't find the episode number four on short notice. Episode 3, Les Sexoflex. Episode 9, Calibres. Episode 18, Stephen Platinum. Episode 25, the very first Tim Clark episode. Episode 36, Shane Morton. 39, Jim Stacy. Episode 46, Batman 66. Episode 49, James Bickert. Episode 55, The Casket Creatures. Episode 60, Faith No More. Episode 75, Wes Craven. Episode 70, and that's Wes Craven, uh, a retrospective, not like an interview with the guy. We're, come on, you know what this show is. Uh, episode 77, uh, The Supernatural Aspects of Wrestling. Episode 79, Evil Dead. Episode 81, VHS Glitch. Episode 85, Indiana Jones. Episode 88, Radio Cult. Episode 92, Outer Spaceman. An interview with the guy that currently owns the brand. Episode 98, James Bond Themes. Episode 100, Dana... Swanson. Episode 104, A Prince Memorial, uh, that was one of the toughest, toughest episodes I recorded. Episode 110, John Sipper Jr., one of my proudest interviews. Episode 111, 1986, which was the start of a yearly thing now because it was such a fun, great episode. Uh, episode 117, Big Trouble in Little China, the unofficial first needless commentary and my favorite movie. Episode 120, Joshua Holden, one of the most delightful human beings I've ever met. Episode 127, Larry Hama at Dragon Con. Uh, just blows my mind that this even conversation even happened. Uh, episode 136, a retrospective on the Beastie Boys. Episode 147, uh, one of the greatest interviews of all time with Dale Jepsen. Uh, you guys don't even understand how incredible this interview is. Episode 170, Masters of the Universe Needless Commentary. Episode 183, uh, the Needless Investigation into Corpsewood Manor. And uh, finally... Episode 190, an interview with Valerie Meese, who is just delightful and who I hope to have on sooner than later. So there you go. There's just some some episodes that popped out at me. I love every single episode we've done. Some of my favorite episodes are the ones where we've ended up just sitting around after a pay-per-view and, and shooting the shit. But uh, those are ones that, as, as I was making the list the other day, which, by the way, if you go to needlessthingspodcast.com and check out the February 12th uh, post. It is a list of all 200 episodes with clickable links to each one. So if there are any that you've missed, uh, you can go back and listen to them there. And I need to add uh, add episode one to that because it is now part of the official library. You guys, uh, I, I can't even tell you how much I appreciate your time. Uh, if you share the show, which I hope you do, I appreciate the heck out of that. If you've contributed in any other way, uh, I appreciate that. Please go to Facebook, join the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group. I want to hear your your ideas. What do you want to hear on the show? Uh, and, and just please partake in the conversation there. And now it's time for one of the things in my life that I am proudest of, uh, a live Late show with David Letter or late night with David Letterman style talk show that is the 200th episode of the Needless Things podcast. 
and it is live from the N-Town Coffee House in Atlanta. Or, or should I say, recorded in front of a live studio audience, because it was, and it was incredible, and every single person that took part in it, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it here, even though I'll say it again. I love you guys. to help cover the expenses uh, for tonight and for every night that this great venue uh, performs. So please, you know, whatever you can. Not right now, because we're, we're having fun. We're, this is the show, so don't get up now. I'll come around later. <laughs> yeah, he'll come around with the basket later. Yeah. Pass it around. Uh, but I'm Dave West. I am the host of the Needless Things podcast, and I generally start every episode with a very specific thing. Uh, hey, Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I really appreciate you coming out tonight to witness the culmination of my years-long battle with technology. Uh, I'm 
not good at it. I, I don't handle computers particularly well. It's a miracle that I have a device here that can record sounds that come out of my mouth uh, and that I can use it. Uh, the fact that I put on a weekly podcast is nothing short of a miracle. And this all started back in the MySpace days, if you remember MySpace. Uh, I wanted to write things. Uh, this this all began actually with one of the most tragic events in, in really the, the course of human history, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. <laughs> that movie made me so angry that I did what so many people do and took to the internet with my rage, and I wrote out a long, scathing review of this, and I didn't know what to do with it, so I put it up on MySpace. And I, I at that point, realized that I had this venue to, to get my words out. And as we all know, MySpace sadly turned into something even more useless than it already was. So I had to start a website, which was NeedlessThingsPodcast.com, uh, long before it was ever actually a podcast. And that story you can hear some other time, because I don't want to sit here at our live show with amazing guests and take up your time with that. So I'm going to go over here and have a seat behind the desk, host style. But while I'm doing that, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Ricky Zero and the world's nicest band. just a master musician. Oh, well, thank you very much. You're also a master of humor. Am I now? Uh, from what I hear, we'll find out in a minute, won't we? Uh, would you like for me to give a, a little sample, a little taste? I, I think, I, personally, yes. I, and I'm sure the people, would love a sample of that signature Ricky Zero humor. Like well, I tell a joke. Would you, I, I, would you guys like a joke? Do you want a yeah. joke? This is the joke. That I'm going to tell. Um, there's uh, a restaurant on the moon, and the moon doesn't have an atmosphere. Um, and when people eat there, they say the food is good. Yeah. But there's no atmosphere on the moon. Uh, Ricky Zero, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank wow. you, Dave. Thank you, Ricky. Better than usual. All right. We got, uh, let's... Uh, do, do we want to maybe bring up a, a special guest? Because I see somebody sitting here in the front row that I think you'd all be privileged to meet. Ladies and gentlemen, Negative Nelson is here in the audience. Come on up here, Negative Nelson. Scoot over, Red Ranger. Nelson! Nelson! 
Alright. I got a lot of complaints, and you people are going to hear about them. Oh, no, wait, wait. You can't, it can't be that bad, can it? Have you seen his shoes? <laughs> <laughs> it's that bad. They're, they're joyous symbols of his Red Ranger-ness, they're right? They're brand. Right. <laughs> no, okay, well, what else, what else has got you down, buddy? All right, I'm going to give this to you in a top five list, because unlike other talk shows, we can do this in half the time. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like... I'm up here. I feel like I need to reassure you. If if I can, I want to make you feel better, Negative Nelson. Well, let's just start and we'll we'll see where it goes. All right. What what's your first complaint? People who like DC movies and try to pretend like it's not all plot holes and sepia tones. Oh, now come on, man. They're True. they're fun spectacles. We get to see Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman up on the big screen. It's fun, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Fun stuff. No, you don't feel any better. All or, right, what's your what's your next one? People who like Marvel movies and try and pretend like they're Shakespeare and not just kind of good. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to hate on everything. The Marvel movies are they're this huge interconnected world, and and they all tie in with each other, and we get these awesome performances, and it's fun to see A-listers like Iron Man on the screen, right? Yeah! yeah. Man. No, that didn't do it for you? What's, what do you got next? People who don't like tacos. There's not a lot of them out there, but they're out there, and just one is too many. I can't make you feel better about that one, buddy. I'm sorry. What, what, what else you got? People. <laughs> people? But people are great. People are here. Look at all the people that came together tonight to make this incredible show happen. Isn't that, right. Doesn't that make you feel warm and fuzzy? These guys are all right. But have you met people? <laughs> yeah, there's some bad ones out there. But I, I think we're in a good place tonight. You've got to feel at least a little better about the people thing, like in the moment now. In the moment, yes. All right, score one for us. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Oh no, you've got another one? Alright, is this it? Is this the last one? This is the last one. Alright, so you're almost done sucking the joy out of the room? Well, I mean, I'm still going to be here. Okay, well that's fine. That's fine. What do you got, buddy? Days that end in Y. <laughs> I think but, they, but they all do! Days are great, because the only thing better than today, which ends in a Y, is tomorrow, which doesn't end in a Y, but it's the potential for a bright, happy future, right? Yeah! Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Negative Nelson. I, I hope you feel better, buddy. We're going we're gonna to try and have some fun tonight. I'll feel better when he takes those shoes off. <laughs> well, I, I, can't, I can't disagree with you there.
Ingram on the saw. Yeah. How, how often do you see that? All right, we've got we've got some exciting guests for you tonight, and it's gonna it's gonna be time right now to bring out our first guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, please give a warm welcome to geologist, my pal Jay Hornsby. All right, now, Jay, uh, the Needless Things audience mostly knows you from toy reviews, talking about Toy Fair, Comic-Con, that sort of thing. But I wanted to bring you on tonight because you have a very unique qualification, and that is you are actually a geologist. Uh, that is correct. Uh, I've got uh, the standard career path of starting out as a fine arts major, uh, ending up with a geology degree, and now working for an engineering firm. Uh, I still do uh, art on the side, and that's what we talk about quite a bit. Uh, BelligerentMonkey.com. That's BelligerentMonkey.com. BelligerentMonkey.com, everybody. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so my, my day job is I deal with geology and uh, drill borings and uh, deal with the subsurface uh, all day long. So what I wanted to talk to you about tonight is you have a unique perspective on things that we generally talk about on Needless Things, and that's nerd stuff. And let's say, because the, the nature of your job is a company hires you and you let them know on their build site what it's going to take. Is that is that, am I right or am I off? Yes, uh, we're, uh, we're kind of pre-construction, so when someone decides they want to build something, uh, they look at a site, decide that that's the, the site they want to buy. We come out before they buy it, uh, drill borings, test the soil, test the rock, and uh, essentially tell them... Um, what uh, it's going to take for them to build what they want to build. So let's say uh, you didn't work in Atlanta. Let's say you worked in Gotham City. Sure. (laughs) And a billionaire came to you and said, hey, I have this sort of military-type project where I'm going to need a large underground space to store dozens of cars that may or may not be bat-themed in appearance, <laughs> several flight vehicles, maybe a space shuttle, a supercomputer. What, what, do I, what, what is he going to have to go through to get you to check out this site? Well, uh, let, let's assume Gotham City is, you know, somewhere similar to uh, upstate New York. Okay. Uh, the geology there is one uh, is actually very beneficial for that sort of thing. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, so he's has, off to a good start. Yeah, already great start. So they have uh, uh, a lot of uh, sedimentary rocks that are water, water soluble. Uh, that over millions of years, uh, there's chemical reactions that rock uh, dissolves and uh, caves and caverns form. And so uh, what we would do would be some sort of series of uh, rock cores and air track drilling to test for those voids. And then once you found it, then you could do the spelunking and uh, uh, see the size and investigate the caves. Now, would you, let's say he really wasn't as familiar with his surrounding area, would you recommend a pre-existing cave or would it be better to actually, like, dig something out? Uh, I would uh, recommend a pre-existing cave for sure. Okay, Just okay. The, uh, the economics of that would be crazy. Okay, I got you. Uh, well, he's a billionaire. Yeah, and if you're a billionaire here uh, located in Atlanta, say, uh, you would want to look in the Cartsville, White, north, northwest Georgia area because it has a very similar uh, geology. 
So if we ever get a costume vigilante here in Atlanta, <laughs> there's chances are chance he's, he's based out of Cartersville. That's his command. Okay. <laughs> I want everybody to remember that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Wow, Bill. <laughs> are, are there any? Uh, you're, you're sitting with uh, your your prospective billionaire client. Are there any words of advice you have before he moves forward with this project? Um. Uh, I, yeah, typically just uh, have oversight. It kind of goes against what he wants uh, because he wants to keep as few people involved as possible. Yeah, this is on the down low. But the problem is, is uh, not to disparage any other professions, but typically we're in business because we're the third-party inspectors. That is, as projects go to construction, we're the uh, client's insurance to make sure the contractor is doing things correctly. I, f- I feel like this fellow probably has a good method for keeping his contractors in line. That's my guess. If he wants to uh, assume the liability, I would uh, imagine that uh, he would uh, take the risk. So uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, and and this is probably going to be happening in the same vicinity, Uh, let's talk about kryptonite. Okay. (laughs) Now, the concept that pieces of your home planet could carry radiation that would be poisonous to you on another planet. I don't know if that gets too far afield of your your area of study or not. <laughs> well, one's comics. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and one's real life. Sure, sure. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody was paying attention, uh, poor Red Ranger's brain just went... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's actually some uh, radioactive uh, minerals uh, that, you know, it, it, uh, it can happen deep in the Earth's core through um, millions of years, and if it's got the right chemical reactions, there are uh, certain minerals that are actually radioactive naturally. For, uh, for the next topic here, it's going to require a level of... Did anybody here read comic books in the 90s? <laughs> image, image comics? Yeah. yeah. All right, now... I'm going to ask you to put aside personal preferences and come at this purely from the academic viewpoint that I know you have. (laughs) Bad Rock. You're familiar? familiar You remember Bad Rock, you guys, from Youngblood? Rob Liefeld's big... All right. Bad Rock versus old Benjamin Grimm, The Thing. I think that's a no-brainer, The Thing, all the way. Oh, wow. Not even a second to think about it. Not even... Don't have to think about it. What about you guys? Are there any Bad Rock fans in the audience? (laughs) Yeah, I think Bad Rock was just responsible Not even for the rocks that feet so that Rob didn't have to drop. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I'll give you that one. That's okay. We'll let you go on that. <laughs> no, I, that's, I don't know that I read more than three comics with Bad Rock involved because I think everybody, like Liefeld's fame kind of lasted up to Marvel. He got Image a good start. And then as all the other Image creators did, he kind of tapered off and stopped working which is a weird way to start a new company. Uh, what are your, some, some of your favorite geology-related superheroes? What are some guys that maybe control the, the Earth? Sure. Uh, I think my favorite is Geoforce. Uh, that, uh, he was part of the Outsiders when Batman and the Outsiders started. Okay. Uh, famously uh, known to be the lesser-known sibling uh, of Terra. Uh, who was involved in the Judas uh, contract? I Titans. didn't know that. I know Tara only because of the Teen Titans cartoon. Yes, yeah, that was uh, a huge thing, especially before the internet. That was a big surprise for everybody when she made the turn 
they made a big deal of introducing her to the Teen Titans, and then she was a, a puppet of Deathstroke. Um, but he's uh, her brother, I think. Um, but I always liked the costume, even though it was terrible looking with the yellow and green. I just always liked the gauntlets. But he could control uh, gravity and shoot blast or something. So as far as the aesthetic, I always like reading comics and drawing comics. I always liked him as the, my number one. Um, I think after that, uh, it's actually Sandy, the uh, Robin knockoff the sidekick of the Sandman. Oh, wow. That's going way back. Well, they, that's where he started. And then in the 2000s, when Jeff Johns uh, uh, relaunched the Justice Society, uh, okay. he, he came back, I guess, uh, years ago before that. He, the last time you saw him, he had turned into some kind of like sand monster. So when he was reintroduced for the, the recent Justice Society, he turned. Um, he was able to control it. So he basically was able, he was living sand, much, much like Comics, sand. everyone. <laughs> so it only took 30 years to resolve that plot hole, um, and he, he came back, and he actually led the JSA for a while. Um, another favorite uh, has to be uh, Cave Carson, if you're not familiar. Let me, let me, I gotta, have you read the new Cave Carson book? I have not, but I've heard it was excellent. Has anybody in here read the current uh, Young Animal Cave Carson? Uh... I, it lost me, man. It was I, I too much. It was one of those things where I was like, "I'm not." It was like reading Jonathan Hickman. It was yeah. like, "I'm not smart enough to read this." My, yeah, my favorite part about it. I guess the only reason I like him is because his superpower is that he has a PhD in geology. I, I, I feel like you're more qualified to read that comic than I was. Maybe, you'll, maybe you'll dig it a little more more than I did. Yeah, I need to check it out. I have to be honest. I didn't even realize it existed until I googled. I think the trades are out now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Mr. Jay Hornsby. You can find him at belligerentmonkey.com uh, for geology and for art. Thank you so much, Jay. some fun? You can do both of those things. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest works at the Center for Puppetry Arts and is acclaimed across the world as an ambassador of puppetry. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Bo Brown! Hi. 
How's it going? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'll take this. What are we doing? That no, was mostly for effect. You want to do it? Effect. Oh, you want to do I'm it? I'm not teaching anybody anything. Well, you can pull things out for me. What have you? What is this? What's happening? What are we doing? Well, that's a bag of puppets. You can see. You can tell it's puppets because there's rods sticking out of the end. Your more advanced puppeteers can manipulate rods while they they do this. That's right. Are you gonna? Are you, what are you here to do? Well, I was gonna talk a little bit about puppetry and then maybe get some intrepid young audience members, with everyone's young here, uh, up on stage and uh, give them a chance to try it out, and then maybe they could take those puppets home. Was that the deal? Yeah, I think I think we've got some puppets that maybe could go home with uh, a couple of people who are willing. Yeah. To come up here and learn some puppetry real quick. Does that sound good? Yeah. yeah. Two, three, up to three volunteers who are interested in uh, trying their hand at some puppetry. Uh, we have three puppets, so any any three members of the audience who want to get on up here? Young man, come on, come on up. Somebody up? Some more? Somebody who, hey, you've got puppetry experience, this is all. We'll have. Two more. Or one, we can do one more. I'll we can do one I'll more. Do one okay, sure, one more. I can do my goofy, don't know what's happening thing. <laughs> one more, uh, one more volunteer. Come on up. There we go. Oh. Yeah. Come on up. So, so puppetry is an ancient art form uh, created by humans. Uh, it is in, in set, much like many other art forms. Um, but there are puppetry traditions all over the world, and there, if there's one thing. Uh, about humans, they love to make little tiny versions of themselves. Um, uh, so, so in <laughs> exactly, uh, in, infinitely good at it. Um, so, puppetry uh, for for in primitive times was a way to um, give form to things that that were formless, the, the spirits or the gods, or, or and they were often used in rituals. Um, and then they became a form of entertainment. But in the beginning, puppetry, puppetry was very tied to, um, to to mythology and mysticism and to give form to the formless. Um, and then now we predominantly use them for entertainment. Um, <laughs> so the type of puppetry that we're going to, to work on, we have some, some beautiful puppets from a company called Folk Manus. Uh, which is a great company that makes uh, these adorable puppets... Um, that are very well produced. In fact, I, a friend of mine, Lex Rudd, who some of you, if you did anybody watch Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge? <coughs> yeah, Lex. Lex was one of the contestants on there. She's the British one that they had to give sub. They felt like they had to give her subtitles um, <laughs> because American audiences will never understand a British accent. Um, so anyway, so we've got a couple of puppets here. Would you like? Would you like the whale or the fox? Oh, you seem very strongly attracted to that. <laughs> no, um, she just knew if we're going down to fox and whale, which way this is going. No, well. <laughs> All right, so I, I've, for purposes of this demonstration, I've brought along my friend Howard. Oh, Howard is the star of a short film called The Dark Companion, which you can watch online if you look up The New Puppet Order, which is my puppet production company. Uh, on YouTube, uh, you can watch The Dark Companion. There's Howard. Um, Howard is the Paul Giamatti of my puppets. Um, <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, so that's sort of where he's at. So the three... So if it, so, so these all of these puppets have work, working mouths. So you should be able to manipulate the mouths of these puppets. Um, now... The number one rule. Well, we'll start with we'll start with the the basics, then we'll get to lip sync, which is the 
which is what we would consider, you know, when you see the Muppets and they and they talk, they speak dialogue like that. And Jim Jim Henson really kind of invented all that. I mean, as far as uh, putting puppets that, that that deliver actual dialogue on television, um, uh, in, in in many ways, uh, he 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 helped establish that. Um, uh, Sherry Lewis and other puppeteers did that. You know, Sherry Lewis with Moving Mouse. But otherwise, you had puppets like Howdy Doody. Or an, uh, well, let's not get into a big old Jim Henson. That That's so, a whole episode. Okay, so there's no. three, three. Yeah, there's there's three basic uh, foundational rules to puppetry: um, breath, gravity, uh, and focus. So breath is that our puppets need to they need to be alive. The second that your your puppet isn't doing something, it's dead. So puppets they need to. They need to sort of breathe. They need to be alive. They need to, to be moving around a little bit all the time. Okay? And that's, that's the breath of life. Okay? The second is gravity. Puppets shouldn't float around. We should have a basic understanding of where they exist. Yes, Dave, do you have a question? Now, some puppets float. Some, sometimes puppets do float. So, but, but, we, but you would say, okay, oh, I know that this puppet is swimming through the water. I have a basic, if he wants to swim, then he need, kind of maybe would need to move his tail to move in a direction. That's the same thing. It's not just. They, 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 there's not, that, that their movement isn't random. That there's a reason behind their movement. So if, if, if if we are imagining that Howard is standing somewhere, then I need to keep him at the same the same height. He shouldn't change a lot about how tall his legs are. His legs should stay. We imagine his legs to be a certain length, depending on if we're watching it on television or if we're watching a live show. Um, so we should be consistent with where the floor is. So that's gravity. So that the puppet should be affected by gravity. Uh, the third is focus. And focus is where your puppet looks. Now, every puppet has a different focus, and, and you have to learn what that is. Some some puppets have a naturally a very high focus. It means you need to tilt your head down, your hand down, so that when they look at stuff, it actually looks like they're actually looking at stuff. So so if my puppet is if I'm having a com- if I'm having a conversation with Bo now, and I'm doing it like this, now my hand this my hand is straight at me if I'm doing it like this. But the puppet is looking at the ceiling. So you want to find the puppet's focus and have it look at you while it's delivering the dialogue. Okay? So those are your tricks. Alright? So, breath, focus, gravity. So, uh, why don't we do a little uh, simple exercise? We'll do the ABCs. So, let's, why don't we get you guys all together and I'll move over here. How about that? Why don't you, guys, why don't you come on over here? Now, what you want to do is you want to try to isolate your thumb. Okay, because when puppets with moving mouths talk, uh, like so, for example, when I when I talk, my jaw moves, but my head does not. See how when I talk, this hand down here is moving, but the hand on the top of my head is not moving. Okay, now the the natural inclination is when you do puppets is to move the top of your hand, which makes your puppet do this when it talks. <laughs> and as much fun as it is to watch puppets have epileptic seizures, it's not an accurate way. Reflecting the way that, that animals and things talk. So try to focus. We call that isolating your thumb. You want to isolate your thumb. Try to keep the top of your hand. Top of your that, hand. That takes muscles I don't even use. Exactly. It's not. It's not intuitive. You have to learn it. You have to practice it. So, so first thing is we're going to try to keep the top of our hand as stationary as possible. And when we deliver dialogue, we want it to happen from the thumb. So the thumb supposed to be in the mouth. The thumb should be in the jaw. I got this all wrong. 
you're, you're going for the advanced class, I think. <laughs> put, put the top of your hand and the top of the puppet. Now, these, these, all these puppets are designed for smaller hands. These, these are designed for kids and stuff. So, um, sorry, so you want to isolate the thumb. All right, so let's try to talk with our thumbs. Now, the other thing, so one is talk with the thumb, and the one is that we open on sounds. We don't close on sounds. Open on sounds... Don't close on sounds. All right? I know. It's not intuitive. You have to learn it. All right. So let's try the ABCs. Let's get our puppets up. All right. Our thumbs in the lower jaw. Face them out to the audience. And we're going to do the ABCs. Okay? Everybody ready? Ready. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Deliver the lines. So deliver, say the ABCs with me. With your mouth. And, and think about your jaw and your thumb moving together. Alright. Let's try again. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Say the alphabet with me. H I J K L M N O P Q R S T U V W. That's a tricky one. X Y and Z. All right, how'd they do? Thank you all so much. I believe you can keep your puppets. Yes, everybody, you guys hang on to your puppets. I'm going to keep my whale. <laughs> well, you know, when you bought that, you didn't think that's how it was going to play out, did you? Yeah, uh, no. no. No, I really didn't, but I'm taking him home. All right, well, there, there's your Puppetry 101 lesson. Very good. Yeah. Do we have a couple of more minutes for Mr. Bo Brown? Mr. Bo Brown, thank you very much. for Puppetry Arts here in Atlanta. You can visit their website. I mean, we all know how Google works, right? And the Pumpkin Valentine's Pumpkin Puppet Show, February 3rd. February 3rd. At the Village Theater. At 7.30. 7.30. All right. Now, I've been introducing our band tonight as Ricky Zero and the World's Nicest Band, which is true. It is true. <laughs> However, they also play as the Possum Kingdom Ramblers. And now... Some special friends are going to join them to perform a song called Space Cat. Ladies and gentlemen, Possum Kingdom Ramblers!
Oh, thanks. I was puppeting. <laughs> you must have picked up a lot of tips from that puppet guy that was here. I did, Bo Brown. He taught me uh, almost everything I know about puppeting. Ben, did you get to see that I was over there with the Possum Kingdom Ramblers and I was playing on the saw, but I don't know that you could hear it too loudly. I heard it. Yeah, could you yeah, hear absolutely. it? absolutely. I don't know how monitors work. Me either. Mm. That could go in our book, Things We Don't Know. Uh-huh. Yeah, we could, we could write a whole book of things that we don't we know don't about. We don't understand, yeah. Wasn't there a host for this thing? I thought so, but maybe not. Oh. Oh, hey. Oh, hi. Hi, friend. Hey. What you got there? Um, you guys, this showed up earlier here. It Hold was on, sent here. Go, go here. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess you guys are doing a bit. Is okay. That right? Maybe. I don't know. This is weird. We get a lot of... Oh, things. that looks like your pre- your prediction. Yeah, this this I made earlier. Um, this isn't the package that would have arrived for us today, but oh, maybe... Oh, so you're, so you're doing lots of bits. No. <laughs> no. Oh, wait. This is the package. Yeah, this, this is the one I set up that this we probably the, won't do. This is the similarly colored package. Yeah, uh-huh. the great thing about these boxes is they're free until you send them. Oh, Bear! <laughs> hey, Bear, can yeah. I open it? I mean, that is one of your superpowers. <laughs> What's it say? Hold on. Who's it from? It says, Bean and Bear, care of in town coffee house. Doesn't say who it's from. Oh. Your, your finger's freaking me out, Bean. Oh, no, no. don't be afraid. Oh. Sometimes don't Bean, be afraid. Oh, sometimes I don't like that at all. Bean needs a little hand to open oh. our packages. <laughs> 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 oh, it's sticky. That's great. Let's see. Ooh. What is it? Ooh. This looks like a whole bunch of stuff. Oh. There's here. What's this? Oh, bear! There's some writing on here. Writing? Yeah. Oh, can I read it? Yeah, bear's been may, working. May I read it? Oh, hi everybody! I'm Bean. Oh, I'm Bear. We're Bean and Bear. Um, and uh, well, Bear, um, me and Bear are very best friends. And I gotta say that my best friend Bear's been working very hard on his reading lately. So. If y'all wouldn't mind, um, I think that this is a great opportunity for him to try some public speaking. Huh. Okay. And remember, Bear, if you uh, have any trouble with any of the words, just sound them out. Okay. Okay. Or, or ask for help. Oh, you can is always ask a, okay. you can always ask a friend for help, for sure. Okay, good. You want to see what this is? Come on. hang out with you. Awesome. you uh, dearest Bean and Bear, I hope that this package has found you well on your travels. You two are not easy to keep up with. <laughs> Luckily, my extra perceptionary sense. Extra perception. What's that word? Extra perceptionary. Oh, that's that's from. That's Fantasio has that. Oh, is this is this Fantasio? Is this from Fantasio to Fantasio? Yes. Oh my goodness! Okay. He's oh, he's our magician friend. He right, talks here almost everything he knows about magic. I long for a time when I can enjoy a snack together around my divining table. I found this interesting relic the other day in a marvelously mystical marketplace in Morocco. Ooh, that's in Africa. That is. I knew it would fit your act perfectly. I have included here in all that you need to perform this ancient piece of... Prestidigitation. Prestidigitation. Oh, like magic. Yeah, it's a fancy word for a magic trick. Okay, prestidigitation entitled The Mystery of the Vanishing Yellow Bandana. Ooh. Inside this Oh, wait. We're... Sir Magic? I think so. I think he sent us a trick. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. 
No, yeah, it says, I have included herein all that you need and the instructions to perform this ancient piece of prestidigitation oh, oh. entitled The Mystery of the Vanishing Yellow Bandana. Oh, magic on the radio. There, what could be better? I know. <laughs> Perfect, okay. That means that you will have an opportunity to react really big. Yeah, so the listeners at home know what happens. Uh-huh. <laughs> Inside this package, you should find a letter from me. Check. Uh, the Magical Scarf of Marrakesh. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, and check. The Vanishing Yellow Bandana. First. I'm sorry, Bear, what? The Vanishing Yellow... Bandana. Okay. Bandana, yeah. <laughs> okay. First, fold the yellow bandana in half. And in half once again. Uh, this is preparation for a technique called palming. Okay. Okay, crumple the yellow bandana into a small ball and hold it... Do I need to get that? <laughs> I will. <laughs> Crumple the yellow bandana into a small ball and hold it in your hand, concealing it from the audience whilst holding your hand in a natural-looking position to disguise that you are concealing the yellow bandana. <laughs> this is called palming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I can't see it at all. Oh, great. Good. All right. Oh, I thought you were doing a fine job of this beam. His senses, extra perceptionary senses, knew you would be performing this. Now, now that you have learned the deceptive art of palming, let's begin the mystery. Take the magical scarf of Marrakesh and display it to the audience, eliciting a series of oohs and ahs from the crowd. yellow bandana and display it to the audience, eliciting oohs and ahs as well. Demonstrate to the audience that it is an ordinary yellow bandana, similar to one they may have at home. If they need to be convinced a bit more, offer it to a gentleman in the audience to wipe his brow. Sean, can you help us out? No. I, no. I think I think Red Ranger. Red Ranger one. would probably do that. All right. And then half once oh, again. Okay. And I... crumple it into a small ball. Yep. Show it to the audience in a fantastical display, and then hand it to an audience member to hold momentarily. This is further proof to them and the rest of the audience, especially the audience listening at home, <laughs> that it is indeed a real yellow bandana. <clears throat> All right. Uh-huh. Gather the corners of your magical scarf of Marrakesh to form a small oh. purse. Oh, uh, okay. Um... That is pretty. Isn't it lovely? Yeah. I hope it stays this nice forever. Me too. It's probably expensive. It looks... It looks... I mean, it came all the way from Morocco. All the way from Morocco. I think... Is this like I've gathered corners? It's a pouch? I feel like its niceness is going to be short-lived. Retrieve the yellow bandana from the audience member as the rest of the audience applauds. Openly 
place the yellow bandana into the purse you had fashioned from the magical scarf and crumble it into a small ball at the center. However, oh, there's parentheses. Uh, however, secretly you did not put the yellow bandana into the purse. Remember the palm. Well, now I do. Oh, good. After making a dramatic, seemingly magical gesture... Right. Uh, pinch the corners of the magical scarf of Marrakesh mm-hmm. and fling the scarf open toward your audience, showing that the yellow bandana has completely vanished. Woo! Feed and bear, ladies and gentlemen! That was so visual, you guys. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, it's real hard to follow if you're not watching. Well, that's okay. That, this will just encourage everyone listening at home to seek out Bean and Bear on the internet. You know, that's, yes. that's right. Or, uh, or can we, I mean, we might have something looking down the road here a little bit. Can we talk about it? Let's talk about down the road. Oh, yes. So, we, uh, we perform puppetry magic and other BS. Bizarre stuff. <laughs> and uh, and we are uh, we we really like doing shows with people. We've gotten to do um, some shows with our friends, the Possum Kingdom Ramblers. <laughs> and um uh, and we are going to get the chance to perform for the first time with another friend of ours, yeah. um, Blair Crimmins of Woo! Blair Crimmins and the Hookers. Yeah, he's Woo! fantastic. That's like a ragtimey. Uh, yeah. River boat music kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, he's gonna come be our musical guest for Friends in Times Day on February 11th. Oh, uh-huh. lovely. It's a, yep, it's a Sunday matinee show at three, Ish. four? Afternoon. Yep, afternoon. Um, at Darwin's Burgers and Blues. It's a really great place and, uh, the, there's live music every night and then, uh, and then on Sundays they've been doing a lot of like more, um, they let life more, more, more us. yeah, like more, more family based shows and like in their kids there and everything. So yeah. that's great. Very cool. So everybody look for Bean and Bear. Check out Darwin's Burgers and Blues. And Bean and Bear, thank you so much for coming oh, on. Oh. Hey, I wanted to say, we wanted to say, as a congratulations for your 200th show, we just wanted to present you with a little award. Yeah. Oh, look at that. And something a little flashier for your lapel. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Bean and Bear. I see it. You did good. I see my saw. Do you know what Tennessee? What Arkansas? Okay. Beat and bear, ladies and gentlemen. Let's leave the toaster right here, all right? All right, it's time for our musical guest, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for the casket creatures. Ladies and gentlemen. It is the year 2027. Humanity science has created wonders beyond the wildest dreams of past generations. But now, 
Has man gone too far? Black science has ripped a hole in reality, and this universe must face the madness that lies beyond in the Phantom Zone. Anticipated need uh, to have the other band set back up for our clothes. Oh, yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna talk to the casket creatures for just a minute. I like it. So Phantom Zone's a new song for you guys, but you've been playing it for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we decided like uh, we have four albums out now, and all of them have been like you know spooky horror stuff. Some have been a little more supernatural themed. Some have been. You know, it, it kind of runs the gambit. And this year, we were like, what does every famous horror franchise do? It goes to space. So the Cassie Creatures are going to space, and Fam Zone will be our first single. Just like Jason did. Absolutely. Jason goes to space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which came nine movies after Jason 1. You know, that, that's, yeah, that's my second favorite movie after Superman 1. <laughs> 
So uh, when do you guys have, uh, what's your timeline of performances, new stuff coming out? What are you looking at? You want to take this? Uh, we're playing uh, Days of the Dead pre-party at the Claremont Lounge. <laughs> Days of the Dead next weekend, everybody. With our good friends in uh, Elzig and Dusty Booze. Yep. And then uh, Saturday, we are headlining Days of the Dead this year. Last year, we got to play Friday, but this year, they moved us to Saturday. Yeah, big Woo! Saturday yeah. night show. Yeah, I'm really stoked about it. I mean, like, last year, it was just us, and we had a great time, but this year, with Elzig, I think it's just going to be insane. It's going to be like the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah, like, I think it's just going to be awesome. Except yeah. with Horror Rock. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a good night, and this year, I, I mean, you know, like, this year's just going to be awesome, because there's so many Atlanta people. Yeah, so we're, we're going to kill it. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take it over, and it's going to be ridiculous. So do not miss Days of the Dead Atlanta. Next Kevin week. and Ryan from the Casket Creatures, thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming out tonight. Everybody who was part of the show, come on back up to the stage. We want to do a big, uh, big closing number. I hope everybody's ready to sing and dance, right? Yes. No, I wasn't serious. Stop. You can move it. More thank yous. I, I remembered some that, that are critical, quite frankly. Uh, you need to Google Mystery Men of Surf to check out the guys that have provided the interstitial music for the episodes uh, almost since the beginning now. Uh, the cool surf rhythms that you enjoy every episode. And also Lace Sexoflex for providing 
the music that you're listening to right now, a song called Procrastinate, which has hilarious vocals, as all of their songs do. Uh, go to lasexoflex.com. You can find all of their music. It's all, it's all really, really filthy, first of all. Warning. If you are not at least 18, uh, don't, don't go to lasexoflex.com. Uh, but otherwise, please do go there and enjoy their music because it's wonderful. And, and of course, as most of you know, or all of you probably know, uh, Dana Swanson is Miss Lady Flex in Lasexoflex. And that's how I met her and started working with her and creating wonderful things with her. And, and she provided this music for the show. It's been a great intro since episode three, I guess. I think episode two still has the, the mashup theme song, which I haven't gotten a cease and desist yet on, so I'm not going to bother going back and re-editing it. Uh, and, I, and I still like that mashup. Whew. 200 episodes, you guys. What do we do now? I, I got a, uh, I got a message from our pal Mike Faber about what it's like to hit 400 episodes and uh you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a shot i'm gonna see i'm gonna see what i feel like 200 episodes from now you guys thank you seriously thank you guys i love you guys thank you for listening to the needless things podcast you're the best you can find the show on itunes stitcher downcast or in the ears of a trader vix employee love you mean it Uh uh-huh